Hello, I'm Ken Bentley, and you're listening to The Sirens of Audio. Correct me if I'm wrong, didn't you die in Doctor Who? I think you killed me. You either killed me or just strangled me to sleep. Didn't you die? I think you killed me. I think I killed you. Yeah, we've killed each other in many shows. Both <laughs> of us each killing each other. It's, it, it, it's okay, I'm still here. Um, I love killing my wife. G'day audiophiles, you are listening to the Sirens of Audio, the podcast that explores the universe of Doctor Who and the audio medium. Thank you for listening and thank you for watching if you're watching via YouTube. My name is Dwayne. And my name is Philip. Welcome everyone, it's good to have you here. So, uh, we've, we've gone past that, uh, it feels like a halfway point, doesn't it, 50? So this is episode 51, but we've got to talk about uh, the most recent release from Big Finish and, ded- and dedicate a, a bit of time to that. So we're going to be talking with Rob Valentine in this episode, talking about the end of the beginning. Can you believe it's over? No, I can't believe it's over. After all these years. <laughs> been 22 uh, years. I know. And every year, I've, you know, every month of, for the last 22 years, I've been listening to a new Big Finish audio. So no, I can't believe it's over. Yeah, it's going to be strange sort of not waiting for it because that's kind of been my must listen every month so um yeah i'm hoping it's actually gonna um, make me not grow so old so i think one of the things that's been aging me is waiting each month and you know each time it drops i'm another month older so <laughs> without these dropping i'm hoping you'll slow down my life towards those final twilight years excellent so i'll try very hard not to put rob on the spot like i did last time philip i'm very pleased that he actually came back yes i was surprised he was going to come back after what you did to him last time <laughs> oh if anyone hasn't heard that yet go back and have a listen to our episode on the lovecraft invasion uh and rob handled it quite not uh quite well he could have had a bit of a snap at me i think but he, he was he was nice about it yeah so much for leading, leading your guest in with a nice easy question to start things off Dwayne just be- went straight for the jugular i'll be easier this time i'll be easier this time um but before we do that Let's jump down that rabbit hole. Oh, no. (laughs) So now that we're here in this little rabbit hole, we're in a place in Big Finish history that we haven't been in for 22 years. We don't have monthly CDs coming out anymore. So... What do you think, Philip? Uh, I want to put this to you. What do you think is going to happen with Big Finish? Are we just going to focus on new stuff? Are we going to repackage the existing stuff? Because there's a heck of a lot there and there's a heck of a lot of fans who haven't heard it yet. What do you think Big Finish might do? Well, I can honestly say I have no idea whatsoever. (laughs) Um, What would you do if you're in charge? (laughs) Uh, You know what? I really... Don't know. And I, I think that actually makes me happy. I think I'm actually pleased because I, I trust that they'll come up with something great because, you know, in the last 22 years, they've not disappointed me. But I've, I've been pondering for quite a while what I would do and what I think they would do. They've talked about each doctor having their own 
set. And for a while, I thought it was going to be things like what we had with, with Peter Davison and the um, Eagle Sisters. What was it Wicked Sisters. Wicked, Wicked Sisters. Sisters. Yep. Um, which was a stunning, it was a brilliant box set. And the, the, the Sixth Doctor and Perry was a stunning box set. So yep. in my head, I had in my head, there'd be box sets like that coming out. But um, Nick seems to have implied that that's not what they're doing. So I don't know. The Sixth Doctor box set that we do have coming out seems to have an overriding theme all the way through with the with the eleven. Yes. So that's that's one that we do have, uh, yeah, and so, I'm very so, glad they've got constant Constance Clark in there. But yeah, so yeah. So may, maybe that is what they're doing. Maybe it will just be those box sets, and there's been a bit of assembling along the way, so we don't know that. Um, but certainly, if they they do those box sets, I'll be very happy. But they've also talked about the fact they'll keep those four episode structures which you know i'm not a big fan of anymore i you know certainly when the sh- when it started that's what i loved but in the last 22 years um you know, almost half my life um well actually yes <laughs> we'll talk about that but in that time I, you know I've, I've i think the format's changed i think the, the series format changed very well so I, I i have been preferring the one hour hit stories i think that's enough time to tell a great story in, and then you can have the overriding links between them um yeah i'm i'm excited to find out what's going to happen i'm surprised we don't know by now i I think they were deliberately waiting for the last monthly to be released which has happened so i'm assuming there'll be some sort of press release sometime in the next couple of weeks because next month's looming what what are you expecting Dwayne? if if i was in charge of big finish and and this is probably just me because i really bemoan the fact that human beings always seem to crave something new i'm i'm very one who's i'm i'm one who's very big on nostalgia so i always like to look back so if it was me i'd be repackaging them into uh the different incarnations of the doctor into you know different sort of not box sets but um sort of seasons like we get with the blu-ray sets now you know you've got the whole seasons packaged up that's what i do and i would do that and put all those stories together. For instance, you've got quite a convoluted story arc with Hex. If you could collect all his stories together in one or two seasons, say you've got Hex season one, Hex season two, put them together, I think they'd go down really well. Um, however, I'm, I'm one of these guys that doesn't mind old old stuff. Um, it depends whether they're looking to get fans who are only interested in new stuff all the time because there seems to be a heck of a lot of new stuff continuing to to come out and we're not focusing much on the old stuff anymore i'd be focusing on the existing material myself uh to to a large degree but of course they're a business who employs actors they employ sound designers directors producers they've just announced a whole heap of new producers that are coming on too for various different things so uh, they seem to be expanding for the new as well. But I would like to see the old stuff not be forgotten. That's just me. I, I don't think it will be forgotten because it's already there. I, I don't know how easily they could repackage stuff that's already available cheaply. I mean, I, I can see there'd be great value in putting all the hex stuff together in a nice set. But I'm not sure how much they could charge for that when you, know, you can buy most of it already at a reduced price because it's, you know, depending on when it was done before, what number. Um, and lots of us already have it all. But I guess it, there's, there's so many new people, I guess, who don't know Hex's story. 
That's right. And I'm not suggesting that they re-release it in some kind of CD package. I'm suggesting that they, have, like they have already done on the website, for instance, they've bundled doctors together in certain sections. You just click and you go there. If they re redesign the website so you can go, oh, the hex stories, bang, click on it. There they all are. Aramon, you can either Maggie Stables, yes, you could... All yep. the Evelyn stories, yep, yep, and you put them all there. And so that, having all the Sixth Doctor in the right order. Yes, I can, yeah, I can see value in that. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, and, and, and whichever uh, series takes your fancy as a, as a new fan coming on, um, you, can, you can start there. You might like the Sixth Doctor and Evelyn, so start there, and they might put it into one or two sections. This is Evelyn up to this point. This is Evelyn after this point. Um, when do you think we'll hear? Oh, it's hard to say, isn't it? Because I think they're going to want to focus a lot on the Christopher Eccleston box sets, which are coming out uh, in May, aren't they? Uh, also a big push on The War Doctor Begins. So uh, I'm, I'm quite excited about those two in particular. Uh, I can't remember what's coming out next month. Uh, what's coming out in April? That's big. We're recording this on five days before release, so we'll see whether it's already been announced. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Something will be announced two days after we record. It always is. So we've got... Um, uh, the Avengers is a big one for, for, for fans of The Avengers because it's got... And her, the actress has completely slipped my mind. Linda Thorson. Linda Thorson, Thorson is um, is uh, joining the Avengers team there, not in the Tara Peel character, but she's in it. So I, that's um, going to be exciting. I completed my Avengers set two weeks ago by buying yeah. that last season because I had I had the first four seasons. I had the new Avengers. I'd never actually bothered to buy the Linda ones because I didn't actually know her and she's not shown. But yep. when I saw she was coming out, I um, set over to, I forget, somewhere, Amazon, I guess, England and... I've been watching. I'm halfway through that season, and she is fantastic. And it's such it's such a fun season. I love the Avengers. Okay, so here's some other things that are coming out in uh, April. Which, when this goes out, it'll be this month. So let's say this month. Um, got the first Doctor Adventures Volume Five that's coming out. They're always good. They're always consistently good quality all the yep. way through. So uh, I, I've got no problems with that. Uh, Time Lord Victorious Echoes of Extinction. Fantastic. That's going to be out. Um, so that's the final one in the Time Lord Victoria series. Uh, the Lone Centurion is coming out as well. So that will be interesting to hear. Uh, that's a $16.99. So I'm assuming there's only three stories in that at that price. So um, we'll get three stories with Rory, the Centurion. We've got Dalek Universe is coming out. That's that's, that's big another one. big one. So you've got the a fourth Doctor prequel. Yes, I think there's a Tom Baker one there too, isn't there? Yep. Yep, yep. Uh, so you've got the box set with David Tennant, with three stories in it. And then we've got the the Fourth Doctor prequel as well. So that'll be good. Of course, Torchwood's still going monthly. Um, and yeah, they're, they're big push on the Time Lord Victorious vinyl too. So if you're into collecting the vinyls, get in fast because there isn't many of them. No, if you, want, if you want the Big Finish download, you have to get it for the Big Finish site. And they don't have that many. The vinyl edition on the Big Finish website is now sold out. Ah, so well, it only went on it, at the time of recording. It only went on sale a day or two ago. So yep. it is now sold out. So yeah, there'll be those who've got who can pay. Uh, I don't know, five hundred pounds or so on eBay if they wish. It'll be worth a um, fortune. Yeah, it will because it's beautiful coloured vinyl too. There's a red, uh, and there's a, blue. a red and a blue. So that'll be cool. 
So that's what's coming up uh, in April. Before Rob comes on and we get climb climb out of this little rabbit hole that we've been throwing ourselves into, um, what did you? What were your thoughts on the end of the beginning? Let's talk about that. Should so, I be saying so, that with Rob here? Should you? Just give us your initial thoughts on the story. I enjoyed it. It was... Um, okay, we should just warn people, we are giving spoilers away. So if you haven't listened to the story and you don't want any spoilers at all, we're not going to dreadfully spoil things, but we are going to talk about things that will be considered spoilers without giving away everything. But turn off now and come back up and listen <laughs> to it. Uh, I enjoyed it. It's So it's um, the first... Three stories, which each doctor gets their own story, which is you know re- reproducing what happened with sirens. I thought was a great idea. Um, I thought the Peter one in the desert was superb, and the music in particular. The music <laughs> was Snap. so good. Um, yeah. it, it's it's the best score I've heard for a very long time, and and it's just beautifully enhanced. It was, it was launched of the Arabia. It was it was yeah. epic and sweeping and yeah. and everything you wanted to be. So I loved the Peter Davison story. Um, sadly, the Colin Baker one was probably the one I thought was the weakest of the three stories. Um, but hearing once again, hearing um, McGann and Charlie back together again, the, the uh, Eighth Doctor and Charlie—they're just beautiful. That was they're amazing. Just, yeah, so that that to me just—I smuggled through that. And then the the fourth episode where they're all together, I think they used them and the companions really well. I think the the dialogue between them was great. So yeah, I enjoyed it. What do you think? Yeah, I felt the same as you. These the all the releases in the, uh, this month that we're recording, the month of March, have been fantastic. This and what stood out to me is the sound design. So, the sound design and music uh, on Space Nineteen Ninety Nine is what blew me away. Yeah. Um, so, this one is is no exception. Wilfredo Acosta is the uh, musician and sound designer on this. Sometimes they split those duties, but a lot of the time they don't, and he's done both. Uh, I just I, I I love what he's done. He hasn't done a great deal uh, of of big finish. If you have a look at, he click on his name on the website. Not a not a great deal there. So hopefully he'll do uh, a lot more. I, I really enjoyed his uh, music and and sound design. Um, and like you, it was the Eighth Doctor and Charlie together to have them back again after such a long time. The other Doctors we've had constant consistently throughout uh, with their various companions, but we haven't seen. The Eighth Doctor and Charlie for how many years is it now? Almost eighteen years or something. They did. No, they did the special together for the twentieth. Those two had a story together. I'm sure. Yeah. They, they were, they were was the legacy? Legacy of time. Legacy was of it? time. They had a story then, and then the time before that would have been the the dark one, the, the with the master and for the show's fiftieth was it? The light at the end. So that, yep. that was also Charlie and the Eighth Doctor. They just know it's Char- you know whatever you want the, the Eighth Doctor to be with his proper companion. It's with Charlie, yeah. yeah. And, and and not. I mean, I, I love love him with um, Helen and who's with him <laughs> now. Oh, is that awful? Liv Chenka, Liv Chenka. I think I think Liv and Helen are great with him, but in terms of Doctor companion relationships, Charlie and him just work, and they just spark so well off each other. Yeah. Yeah, they're amazing. Um, and to, to see them all together like that at the end um, was uh, was really cool. It was very, very reminiscent of uh, Sorrows of Time in, in many ways. Um, 
And I, to be honest, when I heard Colin Baker's closing lines uh, towards the end there, I, was, I felt a little bit emotional. It tugged at the heartstrings a little bit. Yeah. Yes, me too. I, th- I thought it was a, a well-written last line. But I'm looking forward to chat with Rob about that and you know, how he came up with the line and a few other bits and pieces. Like why, yeah. Sylvester, why Sylvester wasn't used more. Maybe he's, yeah. I'm curious to know why Sylvester did his own episode. Because maybe this should have been a five-parter rather than a four-parter. But there's probably a reason behind it. I'm also interested as to whether uh, Lisa Greenwood may not have been available and uh, Calypso Jones was inserted into Flip's place. Um, the Eclipso is one of Rob's characters. I suspect he may have wanted to put true. his own his own character in there. True, and and then there's budget things in terms of just how many um, characters can you put in and keep writing for sensibly. Yeah, and and the earlier story this year with the Six Doctor had just Constance in it. Didn't didn't have Flip in it either. So um, let's drag ourselves out of this rabbit hole. And while we're, while we're doing that, you can have a listen to the trailer for The End of the Beginning, written by Robert Valentine. He'll be with us when we come back. From Big Finish Productions. It was the end of everything. Finally, I realised the purpose for which I had been chosen. I declared war on the universe. Doctor. Charlo. Before we die... Can we at least agree that this was all your fault? If it makes you happier. Not really. The city. It is said to house a great jewel, known as the Zalam. The darkness. Good grief. By all that's holy. Don't be alarmed. This is simply an artifact of another civilization. It's a lot more impressive than yours, isn't it? Size isn't everything. Well, Mrs. Clark. Welcome to Huygens End Spaceport. Life is fast and short in these parts, so be careful. Sounds like the Wild West. From my obsidian throne in the Fortress of Night, I assembled the means to begin my war. Doctor, Mrs. C, welcome aboard the Black Star. Charming, I'm sure. I am a Time Lord. A Time Lord? Is that supposed to impress me? They're following us! Can we outrun them? They've taken out my starboard thruster. Doctor, you better think of something! Oh, rather dark, isn't it? Don't worry, love. You'll be safe with me. There's a new child of the night in town. Another one like you? When I started setting off my paintings, I thought I was being completely discreet. I should hope so, Highgate. Artists do usually tend to stop painting once they're dead. Oh, oh no. We might very well be standing on all that's left of, you know... The lost moon of Batoya. Doctor. Hello, Doctor. And Charlie, isn't it? You remember Tello? Doctor, is that really a future version of you? Indeed it is. Oh, you become awfully... What? Tasteful. There is a legend, a prophecy, if you will, of a great unravelling. And it's said to have started here. To me, it sounds more like a weapon. No wonder the ancients hid it. In the wrong hands, it would be a terrible thing. What have you done? Isn't it obvious, my boy? I've started it up! 
big finish. We love stories. <laughs> Funny thing, time travel, isn't it? So that was a trailer for The End of the Beginning by Robert Valentine. And he is with us right now. G'day, Rob. Thanks for joining us. Hey, g'day. How are you? Very well. Uh, did you feel a big responsibility writing this uh, story for Big Finish, the very last one of the monthly range? Did you know that's what it was and when you went into it? Oh, yeah. I, I got a... Um, to answer the first question, not really. I was kind of really busy at the time with other stuff and this offer came in and it was a really cool invitation to do so i was it was just it all happened too fast to kind of get too worried about it um but yeah no it was i got given a shopping list of pretty much we're going to do like the sirens of time type structure um and you've got these three doctors and it's going to be fifth doctor first sixth second eighth third and then they're all together in the last one so do whatever you like with it basically so that that was the brief it was basically um it's the end of the range, so we're going to go back to Sirens of Time and kind of mirror that structure. Did you? Um, did, so did you go back and, and have a close listen to the Sirens of Time to get an understanding of that story before you started this one? Oh yes, um, I, I, I had. I, I don't. I did own it at the time, so um, it was. I just um, yeah. I hadn't listened to it in years, so yeah. The first thing I did was give uh, Sirens a, a re-listen just to kind of uh, remind myself of kind of the format and the structure and kind of think about what stuff do I want to kind of repeat or emulate and what stuff do I want to kind of just, you know, dis disregard and do something in the spirit of it, but not kind of slavishly mimicking it in any way. So yeah, that the, the first thing I did was get, uh, give Sirens a re-listen. Have you had a chance to listen to the, the finished product yet? It's only been out a few days at the time of recording. Yeah, I, I have. Um, I listened to it on the day it came out. Um, I don't usually do that, but I, I did this time, um, and I was yeah I was, I was really pleased with um, what um, Ken Bentley and uh, Wilfredo Acosta had done, especially with this with the score. I mean, I thought uh, and, and the sound design. I thought that it was it was just uh, really impressive, and and I, I loved and the cast were all great too. Um, and then, but having listened to it, I'm I kind of thought right, okay, that's it, done. I'm not going to listen to it again because I'm 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 quite bad at listening to my own stuff a lot of the time. It's uh, sometimes I think I've, I've made it for for other people, and I'm I'm, I'm probably not a good audience for it. So uh, yeah, it's just, it's just it's just like it's it's a bit like not liking the sound of your own voice. Um, it's like you know it's also because you know you, you can't help but think you know you, you kind of want to go back and you know, keep working on it, and you can't because it's done. So uh, yeah, so I, I listened to it because I thought it'd be handy to have listened to it, and uh, especially because I've got you know you know. Uh, you know, friends on the cast and stuff. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I really enjoyed it. But having listened to it, um, that, that might be the last time for a good long while, unless I have to listen to it again for, you know, for like further research purposes or something like that. Okay, so you you were given the brief. You could do whatever you like with these scenarios. Um, what made you choose the ones you did? You got an, like an Arabian Nights type scenario. You've got a uh, you've got on a on a spaceship, and then. Um, then you've got uh, the good old uh, vampires as well. Yeah, so, um, what quite a, quite a variety. Yeah, well, I think that the, the kind of the once I kind of decided it's going to be three kind of separate kind of signature adventures for each of the doctors, kind of uh, nested in a in whatever the overarching time lordy plot was going to be. Um, yeah, it was just I, I had to then think of three adventures for each of the doctors, and with the fifth doctor, he's kind of a 
visually at least he's a kind of a Lawrence of Arabia looking type figure anyway and I, I think I uh, yeah by my TV I, I've got the the DVD of Lawrence of Arabia kind of just there looking at me so I kind of thought actually because in, in Sirens he, he had a World War One story and I, I kind of thought it would be fun to write something a bit Lawrence um kind of set in Ottoman Syria before World War One I. I wanted to do something in that uh in that kind of time and place anyway and uh yes yeah, so that that kind of just suggested itself and I thought we and just purely in the spirit of contrast that well with Sixie he's kind of best suited to kind of off off earth sci-fi stuff and then but I wanted to do something that was kind of present day near enough but I wanted to do um, a horror because I'd done sort of a, an Edwardian adventure and a, and a futuristic sci-fi the other thing to do is kind of do sort of present day but originally I wanted to do the third part um, in 1972 and set, set in and set it in Highgate Cemetery um, have it about the actual real world Highgate vampire case but um, I re- after some, not very much research I realized that my my writer friend uh, Mark Wright had already queered that pitch by doing uh, a 12th Doctor Highgate vampire comic for Doctor Who magazine so it was like oh Thanks, Mark. Uh, so, but I thought, no, hang on, hang on. Um, I'll I, I'll still use the Highgate Vampire, but I'll set it in the '90s um, on the day that Sirens of Time came out, so I can. There's something of a '90s kid, you know. I I'll, I'll indulge in a bit of '90s nostalgia, and basically do a story about kind of not Britpop but Brit art, and kind of ask, you know, what what, what would have happened if you know Damien Hurst had become a vampire? So that was kind of where that came from. Friends with Mark Wright, yeah. Oh yeah, we've um, yeah we've we've worked to with on a um in a kind of a, in a writer script editor capacity on some stuff, and it's just yeah he's a lovely guy. And it's just very difficult not to uh, not to become mates with Mark. He's a he's a, he's a good bloke. <laughs> yeah, I, the only reason that struck me was because um, I think it was him that wrote one of the first vampire stories in the Big Finish range, wasn't it? Wasn't it Project Twilight that he wrote? The Forge, yes, it was. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That wasn't um, on my mind. It's um, but funny. His vampire, his Highgate vampire story was. It was. I wanted to do kind of basically uh, Dracula, nineteen seventy two A.D. But because that, which was, which itself was inspired by the the, the Highgate vampire phenomenon, which was a real thing um, in the late sixties. Um, uh, so I, I got as near to doing that as I could without um, causing too much damage to. Uh, continuity i think touch wood but you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's a nice little reference to um to the telly movie as well uh being in being in the late 90s too so that was pretty cool yeah and there was i didn't want to go too heavy on the kind of the inherent kind of with and i uh implications of it but having the eighth doctor catching up with a dissolute um old friend of his uh in a North London townhouse was kind of, you, know, you can't help but kind of have those bits in there. So that was all kind of swirling around in my head. It was with that one, I kind of wanted it to make it feel like it was one of the, one of the, one of the early big finish stories. Uh, I wanted that one to feel like it could have come, you know, straight after storm warning or something like that, you know, so rather, rather than having it feel like a later one, you know, it could just a story you could kind of pop in anywhere. Now, with the Sixth Doctor episode, uh, Flight of the Black Star, I I had the impression that it was possible that 
you may have originally written that for Flip, but uh, maybe Lisa Greenwood wasn't available. Was that the case, or was it always written that way that that uh, you're bringing Calypso in? Oh yeah, no, it was um, no the the rest of the kind of the shopping list I got was um, it, it would be the Fifth Doctor and Turlow, the Sixth Doctor and Constance, and then the Eighth Doctor and Charlie. So I, I just fancy bringing Calypso back because it was just. Just again for a bit of contrast, rather than the the conceit of introducing new characters, or in the case of like Highgate, new characters who are treated like old characters, bringing another character, bringing a character from who who actually was a continuation character, a bit like they do with Glitz in uh, in Dragonfire. So no, I couldn't. I was never able to use uh, Flip. It's a budgetary thing. It was. It was. Yeah. We've got Paula Baker and uh, Miranda Raisin. Uh, but just out of continuity, because um, they meet Clips at the same time, I had to uh, set it in that period. And having gotcha. Flip, and but having Flip um, in, in jeopardy, uh, it was just kind of a handy impetus. But yeah, it was no, it was it was always just going to be um, a Sixie and uh, Mrs. Clark story, whatever. That was kind of the list of ingredients I was given. It's a very Colin Baker trait thing to have him meet people he's met before, or at least says met before as part of the story. So it fitted well with his character and what he always did. Yeah, it was, it's because it's a weird kind of, it's a weird brief when you're asked to do, I mean, it's, a, it's a pretty unique type of story to be asked to do, but, um, uh, and it also being an anthology thing, um, you've got to tick certain boxes and also uh, evoke certain spirits. And so, and so rather than doing something too original, it, Part of it is kind of a victory lap type of thing where you want to vaguely evoke other things without feeling like, hopefully, as if you're not repeating yourself. But yeah, so it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tricky thing, but a fun thing to kind of puzzle through. So bringing Calypso back, um, partly because I also, also thought it, it would just be fun to bring, bring, bring a character back, but treat the backstory as if you would, as, as you would if they were a new character, because you always want to create the illusion of a world beyond the story you're telling. But yes, it just seemed that it was a fun thing to do, I thought. Um, so that, that was kind of, that was the logic of it. Do you know why you weren't able to use Sylvester McCoy for a whole story? Oh, it's really simple. Um, when I was given the brief, uh, uh, Sylvester was, was he, was he, I, I might have heard this wrong or misremembered it, but he was—he was—he was trapped in France. Was he? In a, was he in a chateau or something? He was staying. He was in France and was never going to be part of the project. Um, but then I. But then, once we, once the story was all worked out, then I got an email saying, with the good news that he—he he was actually available now. So, um, could you find three or four pages worth of seventh doctor to put in somewhere. Um, so that was, that was it. It, it. Sylvester was a very, very late addition to the story. Um, but it occurred to me that, well, you know, I'm not going to just, you know, give him a pointless little cameo in the middle somewhere. I'm going if, 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 if the seventh doctor is going to be in this, I'm going to put him in a, in a, in the best place for him. So originally um, I did, I didn't have him to play with and he's my, he's my doctor. So, uh, and for all I know, this is like the only chance I'll get to write for him. So it was it, it was just a, an extra little cherry I got given fairly late in the process of uh, being able to include him. It's so good he was able to do it. So good. Yeah, and um, yeah, it was um, obviously last year was such an unpredictable year. Um, yeah. For the for longest time, it was it was it was going to be a three purely a three doctor story. Um, but because um, it was before the scripting process, it was. 
at the end of the treatment process, but before the script process, um, or somewhere around then, I, I had to write the, the you know, I had to write the end before I'd written anything else. So I was everything else that came before, I I, I had the ending baked in because Sylvester's lines had to be recorded, you know, and uh, quite a significant time earlier because he was because it was. Uh, there were going to be lines he was going to be recording whilst he was actually on a proper production block for another story entirely. So uh, I had the end, I had the like the last four pages before I'd written anything else at all. So that was kind of another piece of the puzzle that you kind of have to contend with uh, when you're doing this this nature of beast in this in these kind of circumstances. You know, uh, recording remotely during a uh, a needlessly prolonged pandemic. Were you were you there for the recording sessions remotely? No, um, I haven't been present for any of them. So um, uh, remotely, because I think you know having the writer present as well, uh, I'm, I, I'm, I think it's just an extra technical problem to worry about. I, um, I think recording these things is um, it's a challenging enough proposition without having the writer present. I mean, sometimes I mean it's great to have the writer present. Because sometimes an actor might come up with a question that only the the the, the, the writer can just give an easy answer to, but um, I think in in these conditions it's a miracle. Uh, Big finisher managing to record these things so well and put them together that having having me present, uh, essentially not doing very much is not the uh, not the best use of technology. So it's a shame though. But um, I'm just I'm just it's just it's just great we're getting to do these at all. I mean, in, in a perfect world, I would have been able to hang out with them all in a green room somewhere. Um, actually, I heard on the special features, Mark Strickson talking about being stuck in a sandstorm in Qatar. And I, I could, yeah, I yeah, I could listen to the stories about that day, really, because I'm that kind of person. So, yeah, but uh, yeah, so I did very, I've answered this question now, I'm just going on, aren't I? Yeah, uh, yeah, yes and no. Continue. <laughs> now, last time you were on the program, Dwayne gave you a really hard time. I was wondering if that's why you named your villain in the third story, Dwayne. Oh. I was grilled. No, um, no, uh, Dwayne Ferber is. I wanted a kind of a '90s media type name, so I, I knew I knew I, I knew I couldn't call the character Shmamian first. Um, <laughs> so I wanted kind of a. Um, I think the name Wayne Hemingway was kind of a, a, a '90s TV presence in the UK, and Ferber is actually taken from the '60s Mick Jagger, James Fox gangster movie uh, performance um, about uh, a gangster hiding out in a, a Notting Hill flat. So, and and some of Ferber's some of his dialogue in that about losing his demon is is dialogue that I've lifted from Mick Jagger, uh, who's playing this. Uh, rock star who's lost his inspiration. So uh, Dwayne, uh, yeah, Dwayne Ferber. It's, uh, Dwayne was kind of from Wayne Hemingway meets Damien and Wayne, and Ferber is a performance reference. So I can rest easy yeah. now. I can oh, no, you can rest. Me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it, the other th fun thing about doing this story is all the little, uh, just all the little Easter eggs and stuff. Um, that's the other reason I don't like re-listening to things is because um, I'm, I'm a writer who. I, I always want another sweep at things and listening to it through. I mean, I'm very happy with the finished project product, but um, you hear things that little, little details, I kind of, Oh, I could have put something else in there or I got, you know, I, I missed an opportunity there to do something else, but I, I had, I had fun with it, but um, 
give if with one more draft i kind of i may maybe i could have rested easy but uh probably not i think i i think i'll never be happy with it but uh, yeah no so no no it's nothing to do with you Dwayne. Nothing at all. <laughs> philip was there anything else you wanted to ask about the end of the beginning um it's just in terms of it was a gallifrey ending without being on gallifrey um so it was i mean once again I said, you've obviously looked at the structure of sirens you've lifted some really good things from that you've added to it a lot um what was your decision in terms of bringing in a bringing in a, a time lord it was very well, another colin baker thing actually you know time lord we've never heard of suddenly becomes <laughs> featured um what was the decision in terms of not seeing it on gallifrey but giving you a gallifrey feel well i think that really kind of the, the answer's in the question in that um to honor sirens of time it had to be that kind of threat but i um i think that the the one of the ways to make it not about too time lordy is not set it on gallifrey so find something gallifreyan-esque but uh, so I, I, was, I suppose i was kind of thinking a little bit of magrathea from hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy and and, and also having that kind of um, that split between the Time Lord, Time Lord society as it's kind of been portrayed from uh, the Deadly Assassin onwards, and kind of hinting at the kind of the more awe-inspiring old old times that kind of you know you you might have you know expected it to be like from the War Games. So it was that it was it was just that kind of thing. Let's have a Time Lord threat because that's what it was in Sirens. But uh, but not have it in the panopticon again, you know. So it, it, that that was kind of the thinking about it, and just having a, a, a one of the doctor's teachers was just a, a way of making the ultimate antagonist someone who all the doctors had in common, really. So yeah, it was kind of a, it was a handy catch-all. Uh, the funny thing about all those kind of decisions is that I can't remember what time twenty twenty was a blur, and I can't remember what month it was I wrote this in. But it's one of those things, if I'd been given the gig a month earlier or a month later, I'd have come up with different ideas entirely. Um, so it's kind of like, you know, it's, it's, um, it's, it's what brief are you given and uh, at what point are you given it? Because, you know, it, it, that, and that's the kind of the crazy thing is that, uh, yeah, different ideas occur to you at different times. And uh, if I'd written this later in the summer or, you know, in the autumn or whatever, um, it would have been different again. And I don't know what it would have been. Um, which is interesting, but um, this is kind of those are the ideas that coalesced at the time, and uh, and came out, you know, during that short period when I actually wrote it. It was really great that you were given companions to work with. I mean, Sirens only has the Doctors by themselves. What I, what I was very impressed with was the fact that each Doctor and companion have their own very distinct voices, and you had half an hour and you captured the voices really well. Um, actually, superbly. I mean, particularly, I mean, I think Gray and I were saying before the the Eighth Doctor and Charlie, uh, they they just sparked immediately. It's, it's part of the performance, part it's two actors who just know each other. But the dialogue you gave them just was perfect and just captured them. I thought Turlo and the, the Fifth. So it was just loved to have this amazing dialogue and just the way you captured all their voices. Oh, thanks very much. Um, yeah, to be honest, I mean, they're, they're, as you say, they're also good at it and. Um, it, it's fairly easy to when, once you're given a project that you've got that you know those characters so well and you you can hear their voices that it's all all you really have to do is come up with a situation and put them in it and they kind of take over so it's um as long as you if you i suppose as long as you've got that facility they're actually they're just really easy to write for um 
the, the, the tough thing was just keeping down each each segment to half an hour. Um, I think that was kind of one of John Dorney and uh, David Richardson's big challenges was Rob, Rob, you, you know, this is, this is lovely, but you got, you got half half an hour. They've each got a half hour crack of the whip, mate. Yeah, so uh, yeah, rein them in a bit. Uh, but yeah, no, thank you. Thank you very much. It was, yeah, it, it, was just, it was just fun to do. It was a really fun, unexpected gig. Um, I'm not sure why they asked me, but they did. So um yeah, I'm just, I'm just very happy it happened, basically. The, the end of 22 Amazing Years, I think, wrapped up everything as well as you could do. Without, without, without making a huge song and dance, without going over the top and saying, because it's not the end, it's just an end, but it was just oh, a really yeah. fun way to end it. That was kind of the really important thing, is that, um, obviously, one thing, if you're writing um, a climactic anthology thing, you also know you can't win. It's like it's it's like the Kobayashi Maru in Star Trek. It's just okay. In, in, it's up as a writer, I think it's just okay. Well, all I get to really do is choose how do I lose this uh, this 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 task at which you can't succeed. So yeah, I think that the important thing though was basically don't make it don't make it feel like the case of Androzani where it's it's the end. Um, it's 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 an adventure, but it's absolutely not the last. And that was kind of the whole spirit of it. Is it's not the main range is it's the delivery system, but the, you know, but the adventure, the stories themselves are not ending. And that was kind of, so I, I didn't want to make it feel like the end. I wanted to make it feel just like it's uh, I've said this before, but it's, it's the, the, uh, the opposite bookend to sirens, but it's absolutely not the end. Um, it's just, it's a fun set of adventures and they're all just going to go off their separate ways and continue having them. So that, really that was the important thing from the title down to communicate. And uh, I think that's the one thing um, I know we've pulled off. So, yeah. Have you been a fan of the monthly range for the entire time? I, I remember I noticed you said you had Sirens of Time. Have you kept up with it over the years? Um, no, because um, I've, I've been too poor. Um, to, to, uh, and I've, I've always, I've, 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 as often as I can, I, I, um, but my, 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 the pat, my modus operandi began with Sirens, in which I borrowed it long term off a mate. Um, I so I, I listened to Sirens in 1999 at my student flat on on a portable CD player, and so I think a lot of the early ones I heard at the time by not buying them myself, but having a friend who did. And, uh, and so to be honest, that that has kind of pretty much continued up until recently. So I, I have kept my hand in, but not consistently. Obviously, if, if, if they're ever on Radio 4 Extra, I will, yeah, I'll, I'll cane them. And for this, I did some specific uh, research. But to be honest, in terms of continuity, the, the one thing I knew I didn't want to do was write a story that, Required. Um, so I realized that we're on video and I'm waving around my toothpick. Right? I shouldn't be doing that. But anyway, yeah. But it's yeah, so it's, little, your teeth. It's, a little, okay. it's a little interdecimal floss thing. Anyway, yeah. So I use a, that's much more. Yeah, I'll, I'll wave this around instead. Yeah. So one thing I didn't want to do was write something that forced people to have to go back and uh, listen to certain things. So I wanted to do something that kind of, you know, you, you can go into blind that creates the sense of the range behind it whilst at the same time doffing my cap to a few things um but without making listening compulsory you didn't try Obviously, saying to you didn't try saying to big finish this i'm doing research can you put all 275 previous months into my inbox well that's the thing i've got as a as a as a writer and script editor for big finish you catch the you know if you if you if you're if you're tasked with doing a particular project or set 
based on certain things you can you, yeah you, you make a request and they'll put stuff into your account for research purposes um i haven't got the moxie or the i i feel i'd feel so guilty doing i'd feel so bad it's like hi guys um can i can you perhaps um, pop the timing range into my account please thank you for research <laughs> also i didn't have the time uh it was pretty much rob um we need you to write this soon so come up with a treatment and then you've got a month to write it so uh, I, I, I spent on the first draft. Um, obviously, you you do get to polish, but I spent a, uh, it was a, an episode a week for however long it was. So, uh, yeah, listening to sirens was kind of probably you know the maximum amount of research I had the time to do anyway. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, um, actually, I wish I'd thought of that. Philip, because they might have said yes, um, but it, it, it wouldn't have been for research purposes. That that would just been would have been a cunning ruse to uh, continue my my cheapskate relationship as a, as a big British listener. But uh, <laughs> okay, thanks very much for that. Um, now, at, at the time of recording, this hasn't been released yet, but it will be released by the time this does go out, and that is Master. We're looking forward to the box set that's coming out uh, possibly next week or the week after uh, at the time of recording, end of March anyway. And this is probably, for me, one of the most surprising characterizations of the Master. Like, I thought, I, I didn't really give it much thought, to be honest, when Eric Roberts was coming back. I thought, what are they going to do with Eric Roberts? And then he's been in a few things and I've gone, wow, this guy is really good. I'm really enjoying this characterization of the master. I think our, our version is the one that was hard to find. I think it's just becoming accessible. Our now. version is the best version. Oh, you think, <laughs> Eric, I don't think that's just really necessarily. Is. It's just one of the great versions. I we are think. so good in that version. I'm that's such crazy. a bad master. How did you get the job of, of writing one of those episodes? I think it was the, it was the second thing I wrote for Big Finish after the Pat Gang story I did. So um, yeah. uh, they must have liked that, but I, I think I was still on kind of on, on probation. I think it was like, okay, well, gotcha. you did our own that. We'll try on this. We'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, th- um, I think I, uh, yeah, Matt Finn just asked me if I wanted to write the the first episode of uh, this master box set. I immediately said yes. Uh, he said he, he said it's going to be um, sort of a, a cyberpunk um, Blade Runner esque future world, and a scientist uh, is doing some kind of experiments and. Uh, brings back Eric Roberts uh, and that that was the whole brief uh, and it was uh, so I, I just immediately said yes um, again first research there was um, I purchased the uh, the TV, TV movie on DVD and, and watched it I'm not a fan who loves it I, I find it quite um, between the me and fortunately no one's listening so between uh, me and you too. Um, I find it quite hard going the TV movie, um, but so I, I watched it just to get a handle on his master, um, and I and I listened to his, uh, his his kind of his first return to Big Finish in the role, and I, I realised that re- I, I kind of thought he's, he's he's not quite there yet. Um, he hasn't he doesn't he has he hasn't got much screen time, um, so there's still room to kind of figure out what he is 
and 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 so but, but the story kind of did that um he's he's a, he's a he's a master with a very particular problem which is that uh he's stuck outside and wants to come back uh and it's very quickly that i i just i realized that it was basically it's the legend of you know a, a scientist uh bringing something from outside uh was very faustian to me and making a making some kind of pact with them so it's pretty much uh it's the master's uh mephistopheles or satan and uh this new character lila Krieg, as the dr faustus part but i realized that you know there, that you get there are hints and clues as to what Eric Roberts' master could be like given time and space, literally, uh, from the TV movie. But his performance in that is kind of, you know, it's uh, it's in, it has several different modes to it. For my taste, I, I love it when he comes out in full camp at the end um, and starts having a ball. That's that's the point where I that that's the master not pretending to be someone else or. And I think that's the kind of the master and the kind of relaxed and uh, not afraid to be seen how he is. So that was kind of maybe my in. But I also kind of realized that um, whatever I write, Eric Roberts as an actor hasn't actually played the master very much. So he's going to find the performance. And um, hopefully, I mean, he's done a whole set of it now. Um, it would be great for him to do more of them if, 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 if uh, it's well received and, and all that. Uh, but I think it's kind of like um, with... Uh, Colin Baker, Sixth Doctor, so on on Big Finish, suddenly having the scripts and the space and the time to find out who his Doctor is, and I, I so I kind of I, I wrote my first episode kind of aware that whatever I write, I still don't know what Eric Roberts is going to do with the material, um, and it won't be until after I've heard it, um, let's say if I got the chance to write something for him again, that I really know who I was writing for. So. Uh, and, and hopefully it, may, it may, might come out next week. And I think only on listening to it, will I even know exactly who his master is? Because I, um, I think this is the set where it will crystallize. And until we've heard it, I still don't think we will really have a complete handle on what he can do in that part. Was this recorded before Masterful was recorded? Or was it about the same time they did the two... I don't. I don't know when Master of Fall was recorded. This was recorded, I believe, twenty twenty was a blur. This might have been. He, oh, he was recorded in LA. I don't. And I think the rest of the cast were recorded in the UK. Um, I've, I don't know. I don't know for certain, and I, I worry I'd be guessing and perhaps giving an incorrect answer. I wrote it before lockdown. I think. I think I wrote it um, just over a year ago. Or did I write it last year? Uh, Last year being 2019 in my head. I don't know. I'm 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 su- I'm suddenly a terrible person to ask about times and dates because I haven't really left this room very much uh, in in over a year. Um, no, I, I can't remember when. Um, but he's thanks to Big Finish, Eric Roberts has uh, probably spent he's pre- spent more time playing the master uh, for Big Finish than he had um, in the in the in the movie. The the. The website says it was recorded on 10th and 11th of December in 2019. So it would have been just after Masterful. Ah, yeah. So I'm not, have you had a chance to listen to his performance in Masterful? No, I haven't. No. Um, I've listened to... No, I didn't. I, that, uh, no, for, when I was doing my research uh, for writing uh, Faustian, which is my first episode, uh, that hadn't come out. So no, I hadn't. Okay, because that that is probably the standout performance for me in that in the masterful set, 
I wasn't I didn't know what to expect from Eric Roberts and he's so evil and he, he has an amazing scene with, a couple of amazing scenes with Jeffrey Beavers and the two of them are standing together and he does the most revolting evil stuff to himself because he just hates himself and the performance is just <laughs> eking disgust it was but it, it was just standout amazing so I can't wait to hear this, this boxer coming out actually that was the fun thing actually knowing that um, you're essentially writing Satan so just treat it like you're writing Satan because it's such a obviously the devil is just archetypal um, knowing that you don't know exactly what you who you're writing for because um, I, I didn't know what Eric Roberts would bring on the day writing in a pure archetype like that gives the actor room to make it whatever they want to make it so again yeah i i won't really know what this is until i've heard it well i can't wait so um tell us a bit about what else you're doing uh outside are you doing anything outside a big finish match doing anything for wireless theater everything i'm working on at the moment is uh stuff I can't talk about because I'm kind of in the writing process. I'm, I'm, I'm adapting a novel for Radio 4 at the moment, um, which is all I can say about that. Um, I'm, I'm working on a, a podcast series, again, uh, for, for a different company that, again, I can't talk about. Um, I think the only thing I can talk about at the moment is that other thing is that I, I script-edited um, the first episode of uh, uh, this new War Doctor Begins uh series that's coming out oh, i scripted cool. matt fitton's uh opening episode and that's the only that, at the moment that's the only thing i can even mention without someone coming around and duffing me up um so yeah I'm, I'm working on stuff um but a lot of it won't be out for a while yet and even and the stuff i have finished again i can't talk about yet but um i've got, I've got a handful of things that are coming out later this year and then a bunch of stuff that's coming out next year and the year after. And which you can't talk about. Which I can't, again, I can't talk about, yeah. Um, well, let's, but, let's, yeah, talk about, to... let's, let's talk for a minute about something that you can talk about because it's out, um, which I don't think we mentioned last time, which was um, uh, Red Moon, which uh, is, is, is all available. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, that was a series I wrote for Wireless um, and that came out in 2017, 18. Um, but it it uh, it won the BBC Audio Drama Award for Best Online Audio Drama in uh, at the start of February 2019, and it was off the back of that that Matt Fitton gave me my first big finish job. So I, I owe ah, that little show. I owe that show a lot. Um, but it's it's just been um, aired on uh, Radio Four Extra, which is the the online uh, Radio Four uh, drama channel on the seventh dimension, uh, which is, uh, presented by Nick Briggs, funny enough. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, um, that's a, uh, uh, an alternative history cold war thriller, um, set in a parallel 1979. Um, and, uh, and it's, it's all about the, the idea of, you know, what would have happened if Russia had, uh, got to the moon first. Um, and my, the premise being that um, if Russia had put the first man on the moon, then America wouldn't have let the space race end there, and they'd have uh, they'd have shoved the goalposts a bit and uh, made it into a moon base race. So by 1979, you've got American and Soviet uh, moon bases uh, with uh, nuclear missiles pointed at the Earth, and so it's a kind of a, a Len Dayton-y, Callan-esque, grubby uh, British political 
conspiracy thriller. So uh, with a with a quite a fun little Doctor Who reference in episode two, which I won't spoil, but uh, it was kind of uh, prescient in that it actually did get me my first uh, big finish gig. Yeah, awesome. So anyone who wants to hear that could just do a do a search for Red Moon at the Wireless Theatre Company. Is that the best way to yeah, find that- it? Yeah, that's the best way to find it. It's, I think it's, uh, it's still on BBC Sounds, but Wireless Theatre, it's, uh, it's up there in perpetuity. It won't get pulled down anytime soon. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming back and having a chat with us and, and taking time out of your day. It's been a, a pleasure to talk to you again. Thank you. Hey, no, thanks very, very much. And uh, yeah, I hope to speak to you again next time. Looming through the flames with his serpent's eyes and cruel smile, the haunter of my dreams approaches, as I knew he always would. My poor dear child, you really should never have meddled with things you don't understand. From Big Finish Productions, Master. It seems we experienced some kind of temporal distortion on our test run. You mean you affected time? I want to show you something. What? Everything. Ow, something's I, coming through! I, I, I'm here. Well, this place hasn't seen visitors in a while. If I were her, I'd be ready to kill. I wish you to receive us as friends. I can only imagine how you treat your enemies. I have no enemies, Chancellor. No one would be stupid enough to make an enemy of me. A compact flyer is taking off with two people aboard. Okay, different tactic. Targeting engine unit. Target prosecuted. No fatality. Flyer descending at a 22 degree angle. 46 meters per second. Chance of survival, 82%. Don't blind me with science, Artie. Power up at 4%. Okay, transferring to manual controls. Look for bank. We can't crash there. Big finish. We love stories. Attention Earth authorities. We have returned. Do not resist. All resistance will be exterminated. I'll have to give them the bad news. Their position is taken. Daleks. The Daleks are back. Don't worry, Lila. I've met Daleks before. And I can't wait to catch up. So that was the trailer for Master, which will be out by now. But we haven't heard it yet, Philip. I can't wait for this one. This was really the standout performance in Master Fool. Master Fool. Uh, yeah, so it was. Really looking forward to uh, seeing what Eric Roberts does in this uh, box set dedicated to him and. Uh, uh, Many thanks to Rob Valentine once again for coming on to chat with us about his story, The End of the Beginning, and his episode in uh, in Master, which is uh, fantastic. So, uh, really enjoyed that. Hope you did too. Let's talk about recommendations. And wouldn't you believe it, it's Philip's turn. It's my turn. Well, I'll go first that it was my turn. Uh, I'm actually going to recommend... Um, uh, something a bit bleak for a pandemic, but coming out of the other side of COVID-19. Uh, I've been re-listening to some of the Survivors stories. So Survivors was a series of nine box sets. Uh, originally it was a TV series, which Big Finish got the rights to. And I've just been listening to the first box set again. It's, I think, the first episode's available for free, which is worth a listen to. 
Um, unbelievably bleak, so depressing, um, but really well done and just brilliantly performed. So uh, it, the last box that came out, I think last year, a while ago now, um, so I've got through. I've decided to work my way through all nine box sets again. So that's what I'm listening to and really enjoying it. What about you, Dwayne? Well, I mentioned it earlier in the in the episode, but I'll mention it again. Well, first of all, should we just say that um, Rob Valentine? If you haven't heard Red Moon, uh, go and have a listen to that. I don't know if you've heard that yet, Philip, but it is really. I good. haven't. Okay. Yeah, I'll put links for that in the show notes. So yeah, definitely listen to Red Moon by. Uh, Rob Valentine, Wireless Theatre Company. But what I really wanted to recommend, which I've mentioned already, is Space 1999, uh, the box set that was released uh, in March. Uh, that's volume one. So we had the trailer, which was the breakaway... Uh, the trailer. We had the first episode, standalone episode breakaway. Uh, then volume one is uh, three more episodes. And it, it, I'm, I'm speechless. The, the the sound design just took me right back to the 1970s when I was watching Space 1999 when it was broadcast on telly. It was just so good. But what what Big Finish tends to do so often with these nostalgia trips is they don't just take you back. They add on top. They they add layers on top of it too. So I was so impressed with Space 1999. Um, I don't know why. I don't know why the, the, the standalone episode didn't stand out to me as much uh, as this box set. Maybe I was listening more closely. I don't know. But I've got to say, it was just sensational. I think you liked it too, didn't you, Philip? I did. It was amazing. I, I don't think the first episode had an. I mean, I loved the first episode too, but it was standalone and didn't have enough chance to really get the action going. So this box set did that. I think the music and sound design were amazing. I've been, meaning, I've been meaning to go back and check. I've got a vague feeling that the end credit themes is changed slightly for different episodes. Because um, one of the bugbears I have is some some of the themes uh, don't work at the with the tone of how an episode ends. So there's a few times um, uh, I was thinking, well, I can't think what they called the um, Towns of Wing Chain guys, um, Jacob and Lightfoot. You know, it yeah. ended with a really somber or, or sad moment and then came in with this really cheerful theme that they have. And, yeah. there's, and there's a couple of times the Paternoster gun, the, 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 the Paternoster gang, the theme just didn't fit the ending. But the, the ending theme fitted really well. And I, and I suspect they actually it was changed slightly, but I haven't been back to check it. But certainly it's not the same as the opening theme, which is all majestic. It, it, but, so it's blended much better with how the show's ended. But yeah. The, the only thing I wanted to see, which I didn't see, was life on the moon base without interactions with other people. Yeah. So all three stories, they end up on a different planet, visiting people, other aliens, other people. Um, what I, I would have just loved a one on board moon base alpha, because you know, you've had all these months of travel, and yet there was nothing set. What does the day-to-day life look like on moon base alpha? Maybe there's no action in that. But that, that, to me, was the only thing that was kind of missing in the journey. But mm. aside from that, it's a it's a superb set, and the acting is just so good, and the stories, and you know, the yeah. the um, who did we spoke we spoke to the one who you know, reworked Death's Other Dominion, Roland Moore. That, yeah. I, yep, and I actually pulled out Death's Other Dominion the, the DVD and watched it after I listened to the uh, big finished version, and it's better. Yeah. Big finished version is much better than what they actually did on TV. I think. Yeah, I watched yeah, it def- before. Def- 
I watched it before. Uh, before I, I know heard you it. always you always spoil yourself, Dwayne. This I'm is not, not what I'm doing. No, no, no. I and that and that's and that's why Rob Valentine made you the villain. Dwayne, yes. he's evil. He listens to things beforehand. <laughs> that's why whenever you want to have a go at me, just call me a ferber. Yeah. <laughs> All right. From Big Finish Productions, Space 1999, Volume 1. abandon hope of returning to Earth. Was I right, Professor? Was someone watching us for matter? You're suggesting the moon was deliberately taken out of Earth's orbit. <laughs> That's a spacecraft. It's small. I almost missed it. Take over! This is Moonbase Alpha. My intentions are peaceful. Simmons, get down! I gave them a secret code. I had to lift off before my I think your people should join us. Imagine that, being able to set our own course for once. Oh, smell that fresh air. It may be brand new to us, but it's probably been here a few million years or so, and we don't know a thing about it. Look out! Stop! What do you think you're... Humanity's dream of immortality. I'm going to take their nuclear core to power this ship into deep space. Stop! Now you see I mean it. Would you look at that? Are we about to have humankind's first contact with aliens? Big finish. We love stories. That'll do us for this time. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed it. And uh, we look forward to speaking again soon. Or speaking to you again soon. We, we've got some great guests coming up. Uh, we've got this month's um, Randomoids 2 will be out this month, later this month as well. So uh, looking forward to sharing that with you. So until then, toodaloo! You have been listening to The Sirens of Audio, episode 51, featuring special guest Robert Valentine on The End of the Beginning and Master with an exclamation mark. Theme music by Husky by the Geek. You'll find the video of the theme on his YouTube channel. Clips of Eric and Eliza Roberts from The Doctors, Series 8, Episode 5, produced by Real Time Pictures. Rate, review, subscribe, and love us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever you subscribe to your podcasts. Send your emails to sirensofaudio at gmail.com, and our website is sirensofaudio.com. Our Twitter handle is at AudioSirens, and you can find us on Facebook by searching for the sirens of audio and if you too want to go back to the beginning even though it's the end of the beginning but you haven't even begun and you haven't a clue where to start stay tuned to your weekly recommendations from the sirens of audio because audio drama 